Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Week in Markets. I am Richard Tang, the China strategist and the head of research in Hong Kong for Bank Julius Baer. The financial world was arguably more calm over the past week, and we were able to take a break from the intense headlines on bank stress. Now that we're not fighting fire, it's always good to look into the asset markets more carefully and see if there are any interesting opportunities for us. Now, the one thing that caught our eye is the divergence between the VIX and the moving index. Now, I'm sure most of our audience already knows, but just in case, VIX indicates the equity market volatility, while the move index indicates the rate market volatility. It's interesting that the move index has spiked, but VIX has stayed near the low end of the range. And we think that the divergence shows that the equity and the rate markets may be seeing the economic outlook for the US fairly differently, and that should point to an opportunity for us. So our logic goes like this. Since the outbreak of the bank crisis, be it in the US or Europe, government bond yields have fallen sharply, and the short-end yields have dropped more than the long-end yields. And we think this implies two things. First, government bond investors are now pricing an early end to the rate high cycle, and they're even thinking of rate cuts in the second half of this year, even though that the Fed said such probability is low. Second, it also shows that the government bond investors are fairly concerned about a high chance of U.S. recession. And on that front, even though we still forecast positive growth for the U.S. economy, we agree with the market that the risk definitely has increased after the bank crisis. On the other hand, despite everything that's happening, the SPX has been much stronger than what most investors would have thought. And our sense is that the equity market may be a little bit complacent, while the rates market may be at another extreme. In particular, the 10-year government bond yields are now only 3.4%. So we think a long-duration trade has probably gone a bit too far. Or in layman terms, we should just wait for the carry in the long-dated bonds to become attractive again. On the other hand, even though the short-dated yields have fallen more, the two-year yield is still showing almost 4%, and this still represents a decent opportunity for investors who are looking to park some money and lock in some high yields. Now, what about equity? The SPX index seems to be stuck in the range between 3,600 and 4,200 for three quarters now, and the recent strength brings us back to the high end of this range, so we hesitate to be overly aggressive. Even though we stay invested, we are more thinking of quality growth and defensive stocks when it comes to exposure. And the large cap growth stocks have definitely run too far most recently, as you see from the outperformance of SPX and the equal weighted SPW. Or if you simply look at the attribution of performance from individual stocks, more than 90% of the year-to-day gains are actually coming from seven stocks. And they are Apple, Microsoft, NVIDIA, Meta, Alphabet, Tesla, and Amazon. Now, I think this says that we should definitely be more careful of the concentration risk and take a more balanced approach in our stock and sector allocation. Now, in view of the divergence in how different assets are pricing in the economic outlook, a natural question to ask is simply, what is the real picture? How much is the bank stress really dragging onto the U.S. economy? I think there are at least two points that we can make here. First, If we're focusing on just the immediate blow-up risk, we do think that we've passed through the worst point of the most intense stress in the banking system, at least for now. We've been monitoring a few indicators for the U.S. banking stress, two of which are most important, and they are the Fed discount window and the bank term funding program. Now, when the Silicon Valley Bank first failed, 
other U.S. banks rushed to tap on those two facilities, and they added up to over $160 billion of central bank lending. Four weeks to now, the number has gradually dropped to below $150 billion. So yes, it's still early to say we're out of the crisis, but at least the situation is gradually improving. And then my second point is the longer-term implications seem to be a bigger challenge to the U.S. economy in which the bank lending standard has tightened further, and it remains to be seen how much the credit tightening will hurt the economy because the impact is always felt with a delay. And in fact, the lending standard has tightened since the middle of last year, but the banking stress has definitely worsened this by a lot. Now, one pocket of vulnerability that seems to be showing up is the commercial real estate sector, or in short, CRE. The CRE sector heavily relies on small banks for funding. And I'll give you two numbers. Small banks in the U.S. have provided close to $2 trillion of commercial mortgages, while the large banks have only less than $1 trillion. And on top of this, we have three more facts on commercial real estate sector. First, the office sector in the U.S. has an occupancy ratio of only 50%. Second, around $1.1 trillion of U.S. commercial mortgages are expiring this year and next. And third, the refinancing cost has definitely surged, with the recent average note rate of the commercial mortgage-backed securities going up to 6.5% from less than 4% a year ago. So the market definitely has reasons to be concerned about the spillover effect if the U.S. bank stress does not go away as quickly as we hope. With the risks that we discussed and the fact that the SPX is at the high end of its trading range, and the equity vol is low, it is probably one of the best times to put on some hedges to our portfolios because the cost is cheaper than usual. Now, we're going into the reporting season in the US, and the next few weeks of market moves will probably be influenced by all these bits and misses. Unless US companies print a very, very strong Q1 scorecard, we shall inevitably see some volatility along the way. And for this reason, we think it's best to stay invested, but also get our portfolio hedged. Okay, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for our next podcast. Goodbye for now. Wealth Insights is a podcast series where Julius Baer experts discuss topics from a wealth management perspective. Whether it's starting a business, preparing for retirement, or transferring wealth to the next generation, our experts provide answers to the relevant questions. Available now on all good platforms, search for Wealth Insights on your favorite podcast player. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.